hey, we are here again for another podcast, Fire Plus, and today we're going to get into part two of marriage. A couple of episodes ago, early on in the piece, Alex and I spoke about marriage from our hearts and we felt we didn't get to cover everything that we would have liked to. And so we're going to come back around to it and we're calling this marriage part two. Yes. And uh, th- there is a lot to unpack uh, in this topic. So uh, the feedback we got as well is you guys wanted some more and you felt a little bit uh, short changed, ripped <laughs> off, jibbed, uh, shaken. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that, if it was that dramatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Traumatized uh, that there wasn't enough. And Sad. so we'll come back for more. Um, and I think one of the key things that we want to pack in terms of marriage now is the dynamics of raising a family, mm. uh, ha- raising children in a busy schedule, uh, such as maybe work context or ministry context. Um, yeah, so let, let, let's dive straight into it. We have three children, beautiful Mia, who is 11, Alana, who is seven, and Declan, who turns six on the 20th of June. I hey, remember. by the time this goes out, Declan might already be six. So yeah, 18 there's a, days it's obviously now. there's a, there's a, there's a post-production that happens after, after this recording. So yeah, we probably have a six-year-old by yep. the time this goes out. And, uh, you know, we, we've always, uh, our, our kids have been pretty much by Mia, have been born into us doing some sort of ministry. Actually, Mia too. We were yeah. in our last church running our young adults uh, Jess looked after the worship team. And with young adults, they, they like to be up late at night. I remember bringing Mia to our young adult meetings and she'd just be sleeping under the chair. We were the first kind of like in under that. Under the chair? Well, near We by, brought a porta yeah, with us. porta <laughs> under the chair okay. where young adults can't She wasn't just jump on, on her like and, cold tile floor with her. No, no, no. no <laughs> not, not that brutal. But um, she's been raised in the house of God. Yeah. And, and for me, uh, I think one of the key things is whether you're in ministry or you've got – everyone's busy. Or if you're, you're thinking about now work context, for us, um, we, we got this advice early in the piece to help your kids really love the Lord and love the house of God. That's our, our work context, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so for us, we, we just made sure that when it comes to our kids in church – that it wouldn't be a place where they felt like it's a drag, oh, I'm here again. They're often the first kids here and the last kids out. And we heard this from a conference uh, amongst pastors. And this pastor from America had uh, raised his kids who are now young adults and they love the Lord and they serve the Lord. So, all right, he's got something to say. And he just said, look, we, we just look after our kids when it comes to church, mm-hmm. that they get the hot chocolates, they get the chais, pretty much what we do with our kids here. Yeah, honor them for the honor them for the sacrifice that yeah. they're kind of unknowingly yep. making. Sometimes, obviously, as they get older, um, they may be very aware of that yep. sacrifice, that time sacrifice they're yep. making. The the people that come into their world that they don't get a say in. You know, yes. it's a, it's an unusual dynamic. Yep. Um, but yeah, honoring our our children. Uh, you know, the the Bible says for you and I in marriage yep. that we are to honor one another, and we then went on to have children. Um, and, and so that, that then flows down. We honor our children. We don't bow down to their every need. Well, Mm. their needs are important. Their wants, not always, but the honoring in that you guys matter to us. You are a valued part of this family. And, 
Um, and you are, you know, I mean, they're our most valued members of, of our ministry, right? They're yeah. our first ministry. Um, and so, yeah, so, and we want that to be evident to them and we're not going to get it right all of, all of the time. Um, but I think, you know, honor is a, is a beautiful currency to me. Mm. Like that's going to be a great foundation um, for, for healthy relationships. Um, yeah, I think like the memories of us thinking about how we've raised our kids and how we've done marriage in the context of being people that have just been, we've been the church family, like before we've been uh, ordained pastors, before we were ever on staff anywhere, um, we would be basically what felt like we were at everything. Um, Looking back, would I do it the same? Yeah, I think I would. There's been times where we've had to look at that and and still there's times now, um, you know, as running a church, we have to go, okay, do you and I both need to be at that meeting? Mm. Um, do Is this something we would bring our children into? Is that, is that something that's appropriate for them? They can, yeah, yeah sure, they can come along um, to, to that thing. Oh, but that one, that's going to go late. Or maybe there's going to be some topics brought up that they're not ready for. And so we kind of, we don't have a blanket answer to that. Like, do you, you know, do you bring everybody to everything? And, and is that the way to do church life? And is that the way to have make sure you, your kids are going to stay loving the Lord and loving the house of God. There's no one answer to that, but the way we've done it is we've, we've looked at, looked at the season that we're in, the energy levels of each other and our children. Um, and I guess the purpose of, you know, don't drag everyone out for the sake of it. Um, yes, Sunday church is important. A gathering um, with other believers, we're actually asked to do that. Um, it's God's direction. It's not a human idea. And and so that's important. And we've always believed that, you know, unless our kids are sick or we're sick or maybe we're on holiday or something, we want to be in church with our yep. church family, whether we're the preachers or not. We, we just want to be there and we want that to be the routine that our children don't even, they're not aware of. It's not mm. even something that they, you know, we've, we've just almost like blocked out Sunday. Mm. Um, Sunday is the day that we're in church. Yep. And of course, being a Christian is way more than that. But it's it's so natural to them that they don't go, oh, why are you make why are you dragging me out today? I it's actually the in. opposite. They they love God and love church so much that yeah. if they're sick, they're upset. If we say, oh, you're staying home tonight, you can't come to the night service. <laughs> they're upset they they want to be here. Yes, there's a great community of friends here, um, and they genuinely love God. Like Declan, who's five. He basically uh, coaxed you into getting baptized. Ward baptized a Good Friday this year. Coaxed, yeah. Well, he, I guess, yeah, he, yeah, he, he really strongly me. convinced yeah. you. Yeah. Because for the last two years, he's had FOMO, seeing, <laughs> you know, people during baptism services would bring the kids down into the worship service, and they would see these people get baptized. Would have nightly family devotions. We learnt that at one of these um, ACC uh, Australian Christian Churches uh, conferences a few years back to show that only 7% of families actually do daily or nightly devotions. And we were in the majority that weren't doing that on a daily. So yeah. I said, we've got to change this. We came home from that conference and we've been pretty much doing it every night, except for when we've come home late from a wedding or, or a birthday celebration or anything like that. But our, our kids are, are receiving the word of God. Um, they're fostering their own relationship with Jesus. They pray. They love the house of God. They get spoiled with you know treats i remember even with the young adults back in her old church me love coming because she knew she'd be getting some sort of form <laughs> of sugar give me something <laughs> some sugar some uh nachos whatever themed nachos. it was and we just made it exciting for them hey yeah. and yeah. you're part of this i was chatting with a friend 
uh, last night and he went to a YWAM, uh, Youth with a Mission Conference, with uh, these burnt out missions kids because they all unanimously said, we just didn't appreciate being dragged out to mum and dad's adventure. Mm-hmm. But then the ones that, that uh, the other cohort, that, that kind of like they did a bit of a survey, they said they, they loved it because right from the get-go, the parents said, we're in this together as mm-hmm. a family. This mm-hmm. is your ministry too. It's yeah. not just mum and dad's ministry and you're tagging along, yeah. but this is your ministry as well. Yeah, you, your children are not your accessory. Yep. Um, they are people. And, and I say this to parents, we're not talking, or we might be talking to mm. some pastors, but essentially as pastors, but as parents, we're talking to other parents now or people that you know maybe in the future are going to have children and want to do it the Lord's way. You are pastoring your children before anybody mm. else gets a chance to do that. And, I, and I'm a kids pastor, so I think like other people speaking into your kid's life is is valuable and it's important. But you are your kids. Like you and I, we got that job first and we get to keep that job, you know, until mm. they're old enough to fly the nest. But um, we want to get it right. Have we been perfect in it? Absolutely not. But every time the Lord shows us, hey, you need to like, you need to regularly read the mm. word of God to your children. Don't wait till you think they're old enough. Like mm. he showed us that he convicted us of yep. that. And then we started a new routine because mm. we are, well, you are the head of our house mm-hmm. and together we are leading our family. Um, and we want to do it God's way. And and we want them to be strong. Like I want, I want to think like when, when they head out and face the world, you know, oh, they won't be on their own. They're not, they're, mm. we're never going to just go, okay, you're 18, we're done. But you know, when they do have to make those adult decisions and come to those crossroads and, 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 and really work out their own faith, I want them to, I want to really like be confident and, and go, yeah, we, we, we did the best we could mm. and we've got their back and we are their cheer squad, but we're yep. also going to, we're also going to call them up on things that, that, you know, we, we don't accept yep. um, and help them in, 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 you know, in, in all of that. And so, yeah, I just, I guess I want to encourage people that are listening. Like if you do have children, especially if they're under 18 um, or you hope to one day have children, like you will be given the title of, your children's first pastor, their their yeah. pathway into into meeting Jesus, and and what an honor! But it can feel like pretty like a weighty responsibility, mm-hmm. and it's and and it is something that people, you know, the more help you can get, the better. The more resources mm-hmm. and the more tools, and you know, maybe listening to this podcast might give you a, a bit of a piece of that puzzle. Yep. Of what can I do instead of just hoping? that um that everything will be okay yep. but parenting is such a big part of marriage like for you and I and I don't think we touched on this in in the last time that we we spoke about marriage in in one of our episodes is that we became parents quite early on so the way our timeline was we you got married I think I was going on to 26 yeah so yep. basically you know got married and then within 2 years we were parents and mm. amazing like I'm so thankful because um, it was just such an exciting time of our life and that anticipation of, firstly, the anticipation of we get to meet this little person, but also, oh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be functioning in this role that I've never done before. Like scary, but also really exciting. I'm going to get to see my husband be a dad. Like I, I remember being so just curious about what that would look like. Um, and so it becomes such a big f- part and a big function of the 
of our marriage and, and the dynamic of what's happening at home. And I just know as well, like not every married couple has children and there's a, a variety of reasons of, of why that might be the case. Some choose not to. Um, some want a period of time where they're not parents and they want, you know, they want that season to come a little later on and, and some are struggling and some are, some are married and, and walking through hurt and disappointment and infertility. And, and so, you know, I'm aware that things don't always go the way that you think they're going to go. Um, and so, you know, for us, we were parents quite quickly, maybe a bit, I reckon a bit sooner than what we what we thought we would be. We, we we but we don't regret it. We, we never ended up going to Europe. We had Mia first. And, uh, but I, I, We're still I, waiting I, for Europe. Yeah. No, no regrets, <laughs> no regrets. I, I, I think we'll have a lot of fun um, as a young family mm. when God opens that door that we can bring our kids to Europe and they have memories of a family holiday too. And so that, that's the thing that for us, I think what's really worked well is to have that early in the peace of our marriage, to have that set of priorities. It's God, family, whether it's your relationship just between husband and wife or with the kids included mm. and with the kids. And then it's your work or your ministry life as well. Yeah, and then it's basically just everything else. Yep, and everything yeah. else. And, and so, you know, we weren't always um, ministers, mm. like ordained ministers. When we first had Mia uh, and then Alana and even Declan very early, like when they were babies, I was working in the corporate world. I was traveling around Australia uh, for a few days at a time and then coming back. But... Um, the importance of you know the concept of making it up, making yeah. up lost time, really goes a long way. Um, when we do ministry stuff, and it's been like we've just recently celebrated our tenth birthday here at Fire Church, and we had four nights, six so four days, six sessions, and I said to the kids, "Hey, thank you so much for being great throughout all of that. You guys were amazing, and I just want to be able to let's plan a mini family getaway." And, uh, you know, God was good. I, I forgot I've been got booked for a wedding the following week. And um, they paid for our accommodation for me to do their wedding. And that was like a little mini getaway. And we came through to that promise. I, I remember a, a, a preacher saying, um, you know, if you promise your, your mm. kids something, stick it through. You better deliver. You better deliver. It, it, and that was a different preacher. David Hogan, for our 10th birthday, I was, had the honor of driving him around and it, during our drive time, 25 minutes each way to his hotel and back, he, he really just wanted to pour it out. And he emphasized the importance of having our own walk with God, but then also family. So when his own children were young, his eldest at one point was nine and the second uh, kid, a daughter, five years old. And he, he's, he prayed and fasted for the strategy, the craziness of ministry. They've got 2,000 pastors underneath them. Um, and, and just a network of churches. But he said he's always put God and family in that order and their ministry mm. to the point at, at one stage, uh, you know, it was it was once a month, a strategy. He prayed and fasted once a month with the children. Um, and then every third month, it's two nights away with Mrs. Hogan. But one particular day, he packed up the truck, ready to hit the road, spend the day with the kids. But... Uh, elder from the church said, hey, you need to come and sort this issue out. Otherwise, if you don't, there's going to be a massive uprising. And I said, nope, I can't do it. I've got my kids. Mm. I promise my kids. Because you got to come. He goes, nope, I don't want my kids to grow up. Oh, keep doing the access. I don't want my kids growing up <laughs> thinking I'm a liar. But then his elder said, dad, you know, I love these brothers. Mm. It's okay if we mm. do this. 
and and postpone. He goes, Are you sure? He goes, Yeah. Well, because you've said that, I'll make it up for you. We'll have two days this month together instead of one. Mm. And his grandson's sitting in the back, Corbin, on this trip. He said, Corbin, did your dad, who your granddad just talked about when he was that age, has he grown up to also instill this value into you guys? He goes, yeah, 100%. Dad puts God, number one, family, and then the ministry. He goes, I, I grew up with a very loving dad, yeah. and, I, and I love God as a result. Yeah. yeah. I often think about... Um, my own parents and the way they modeled marriage and parenting. And the thing is like, I guess in reflection and, and, you know, thinking about what's modeled to us and the experiences we have, sometimes we have really awesome stuff to take away from our own childhood and, and looking at the people in our lives, like our parents or you might be step parents. And, and so you yeah, take the gold from it, but also like, you know, it's not all going to be gold. And some people have gone through situations where they're like, man, I never want a parent like my parents parented mm. me. You know, that that personally, I didn't go through that. Yeah. Um, but I know that people have, you know, there might be, or there might be some memories that are awesome and some things that were great and then maybe some parts that were not so great. Mm. Um, so, no, we're not meant to repeat history for the sake of it. Generational things are not meant to be cyclic, but they can be. Yeah. The good things should grow stronger. Yeah. You know, like um, the Bible talks about things going from glory to glory and yeah. strength to strength. But if it's not already strong, mm. it's it's not gonna. It's not gonna be stronger in the next generation. So, you know, sometimes we need to go through some. You know, sometimes it might even be counselling for some people. It might be. It might be help with like, what are some things I need to unlearn, particularly in in a marriage context, and then parenting. I'm so thankful that I had modelled to me like, you know, when when I was a kid, my parents would talk. They would uh, invite us into conversations. We would sit and have meals together talking and having quality time was such a valued thing in our house um and you know we didn't always i mean i always had food to eat always had a roof over my head always had everything i needed but we didn't have a lot when i was little and so the relationship that my parents built with each other and with us as kids was like the gold it was the currency Mm. in our house and so I guess when I think about you know, think about the love languages, like a lot of people listening will know about it, and it's a great resource um, to work out what your love language is. And I've I worked out very early on when I did the test that quality time was my highest. It was like so high above the others. So there's quality time. Is that like an Apple Watch or a Rolex? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a joke. Quality time. Oh, okay. <laughs> quality watch. Right, I'm with you. I'm back. Um, <laughs> You know, there's quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, gifts and acts of service. Yep. And, and you, you answer a bunch of, que- a bunch of questions and then uh, it spits you out what your, you know, top one or two are or you might be very even across the five. But I worked out very early on that quality time was like very, very high for me. So how I give love and how I receive love. And, um, and also then worked out, I was like, oh, no wonder, because that was modeled to me. So it doesn't make one thing better than the other, but it was modeled to me like my dad would spend time with me, um, not just take me to things and be like, okay, um, I'm your provider. Yes, he was, but he would spend time with me. And, um, and now, you know, I'm an adult and um, he's not my provider anymore, um, but we still have that relationship and we spend time together and I love spending time with him. Um, and obviously it's different because I'm not a child anymore. So um, what's modeled to us can be the thing that we then, that becomes that thing we nurture, but maybe it's if it's not great, we need to let it go. Yep. Um, and 
I would say, you know, we thinking about our love languages, mine's quality time. And um, and I actually love doing this with you because it's like us sitting together talking. And yeah, there's an audience at some point. But I love this because um, this is this is like how I, I, I feel like, oh, you're listening to me and I'm listening to you and, and I get to hear your heart. And obviously it's more meaningful without the audience, but mm. I love this. But your love languages are different to mine. So that's something we had to work out. Yeah, uh, mine from memory, and it does still resonate, is uh, I think it's even killed words of affirmation and uh, physical touch. And so, um, you know, I'm a hugger. So they're your top two. Top two. Yeah. And, you know, I hug the kids uh, to the point like they're like, ah, let me go. It's like, you know, it's like bear hugs. And yeah, you're like, like what I I'm say, like a smotherer. Yeah. Smother them and <laughs> the, their cheeks are full of uh, rashes because we've got a little oh, stubble. Oh, no. Um, yeah, so uh, just knowing how mm. we operate, how we give love, how we receive love, I think is important as well. So I'm mindful if I spend a few days away doing ministry or in my corporate job, if I'm away from you, um, the importance of making up for that time as well. Um, you know, some some friends in, in ministry say, oh, my, my wife is uh, gifts. So I'll, I can be away from mission street for three weeks. <laughs> so I'll just come home with a gift that everything's all good. And to be honest, I'll take it all. Like yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. give me a gift, like I'll still yeah. receive it. But <laughs> um but yeah, so, so just knowing, even for our own kids as well, like mm. how they operate, what they appreciate. Yeah. Is it an act of service? Is it a gift? It's currently Beyblades for Declan. Let it rip. Um, you know, not in what we think as let it rip, but let it rip as in this toy spin. It, 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 look, Google it, Beyblades. And, you know, for, for us, it, it really helps us to if, um, appropriately and effectively reward and and communicate to our kids how much we appreciate them and love them um you know i I think about the the business of life and people's work and what we do as well it's it should never be a goal to you know have all the success Mm. but then lose your family what's the point of winning a city to jesus but then you lose your family in the process Mm. what's the point of gaining a thousand souls for the kingdom, but then you've lost your children in their salvation, in their walk with God. You're winning all these people, but then your own family is going to hell. And and I get it. Sometimes that's out of our control. Yeah. For God, it was out of his control. Not out of his control, but um, you, you, you can't force people into it. He even had Judas, you know, a disi- faithful disciple, then betray him last yeah. minute. Yeah. Adam and Eve, his own children, turned their back and disobeyed. So sometimes things just pan out the way they do because people are people yeah but we can do our yeah. best to to say you know what we're going to do our very best to cultivate uh what, what god wants us to do in our family yeah yeah and that's the thing and like early on you know you see that you see the sinful nature come out of your your children and they they might tell a fib or they might have that selfish kind of oh, i need this i want that and then as they obviously as they get older and they start making more decisions for themselves um the free will you know god gives us gives us all free will and so i think children making decisions um or making potentially mistakes or or living in sin or being away from the lord is certainly uh not shouldn't be a reflection on whether someone's a good parent or not 
Um, but a good parent who loves the Lord will continue to love that child, pray for that child. Sometimes that's all they can do. Um, if they don't get to speak into the situation or help in a practical way, sometimes all they can do is pray. We're at a season in our marriage and with the age of our children where they're still very much in the nest. We make most of the decisions. Obviously they, you know, they've, they've got their thought processes. They, um, you know, they start to make their own friends and things like that in different situations. But really, we haven't gone through um, maybe what some parents go through of the worry of where are they or, uh, you know, do I like the friends I'm making or do I like the relationship they're entering into? We haven't gone through that yet. Um, and so we can we can do all that we can to, to, to equip them with, you know, how to make good choices, how to make, uh, you know, how, how to be a Christian, basically, how to keep following God. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we don't get to, we don't get to pull the puppet strings, I guess, yeah. is that, and, and it's hard because the same thing is with us, like we're married, it says two shall become one, but I don't get to tell you what to do. Although sometimes I, t- sometimes I try, don't I? Um, but, and, and vice versa. And so we're, we're doing life together very closely, but you still have free will. I still do. We're going to have disagreements. And, um, and, you know, and sometimes God will, will, will remind me, hey, you need to pray for your husband a bit more than you are. Not because you're doing anything wrong, but just, hey, like, keep your husband in prayer um, because you yeah. you matter. Like, what what what's the point of me praying for the 20 people that have asked me to pray for them in different mm. situations? Like, that's important. But if I'm not praying for you and my children, that yeah. there's something's, something's amiss there. Yeah. I, I felt to actually, yeah, speaking of prayer, to touch on that subject with our kids so we do nighttime devotions but we also pray and you know the bible says teach your children while they're young um and so when they grow up they will not depart from the way and you know god has been so faithful to answer their prayers like just small fickle stuff but they have a base knowledge and a history now with god that God does actually listen and He answers our prayers. So, for example, when Mia, I think when she was maybe about three or four, she'd pray like just a nice, genuine prayer. But then she'd throw in a silly prayer like, and God, please give me donuts. Like, he'd, she'd just pray that for like, I think, three weeks straight. Whatever every was night. on the mind. Like, thank you, God, for today. Thank you for, um, for providing for us, you know, for the food on our table. Thank you that uh, we've got school, t- uh, kinder tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And then please give me donuts. And then when, when I was working in the city, I was just exploring uh, during my lunch break. And I see this brand new donut shop that I've been following on Instagram. It's gone viral. I go, oh, Anthony, this is a friend from um, the high school days. You don't own these. He goes, yeah. You want some donuts? I go, sure. He loaded me up with a six pack for free. I go, no way. My daughter's been praying for donuts for the last three <laughs> weeks every single night. So I come home with the donuts and Mia was just over the moon. And she's got the history now with God. Alana, she was praying for a holiday. Uh, like everything's booked up. Mm. And then all of a sudden, whether it was Facebook algorithms and Mark Zuckerberg spying on us or is the Holy Spirit, I like to think it's the Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah. On Facebook, uh, a deal for seven nights, pay for three at a beautiful part of more of yeah, uh, basically Echuca. something we couldn't it, it have was, done. We couldn't but have then done. Then we could do it. And, yeah. But as soon as Alana stopped praying, literally, because we were just like scratching our heads, what are we going to do? <laughs> and then this deal comes up, and we had the best family holiday. But the, it's in their memory now. Yeah. So they're Taste confident and see when they that pray. The Lord is God. He's yeah. Good, yeah. They they know that He is good. Yeah. They've tasted and seen that He is yeah. good, 
And when they pray, they, they know that he will come through. Yeah. And, and so their faith expectation is risen. Like, and that's what we want to cultivate in our homes. I think like we, I feel like in our church setting, we're pretty good as a church and it's not you and I, it's like, yep. it's, it's our church community. It's a, there's a hunger in the room, in our services and in our small groups where there's an expectation that God will move. But, you know, like we can have that in our homes. And in fact, they, what a powerful experience for husband and wife and then children, if there's children in the home, to have that expectation that when you pray, that when you get together and pray as husband and wife, as two people or three people gathered, that's actually, I believe, the most powerful in the family context because it's meant to start there. Mm. In fact, God throughout the Old and New Testament shows us how he, st- he actually started relationally people in a family unit and he and and like there's the documentation of of who begot who like there's a purpose of that god shows us very clearly that the context of family is how he moves that's that's what he does yes of course he moves in the corporate but it begins in the family unit and so i think and you know it's something that god's been speaking to me about it personally is like start that faith expectation in the home like let that be normal when you pray with your children or when you and I pray and we go, you know, we, we don't know how this is going to happen, but Lord, we're believing that you're going to make a way for ABC, whatever that might be. Sometimes it's a real practical provision thing. It might be housing. It might be, you know, finance. And sometimes it's for healing. Sometimes it's for restoration in, you know, there might be relationships. Um, and so that, you know, that, that our prayers can really obviously span across lots of different areas. But that expectation that when we bring something to our Heavenly Father, who we believe mm. is good and has good things for us, that he's actually going to come through and like start that in the home. And I have nothing against people coming to church services or going to, you know, there might be a visiting evangelist or, or healing ministry, you know, and people get to those places because they have that faith expectation, but like have that in the home, like, and, and cultivate that in Mm. the home. And because what happens is faith grows. So that, that's the whole analogy of a mustard seed. Like seeds actually don't stay seeds, they grow. And so um, all you've got to come with is your seed and, and teach your kids that, and, you know, husbands, like, remind your wives of that. Like, you know, let's believe for this. Like, let's not ask someone else to believe it for us. Mm. Yeah, get get friends and family praying into stuff for yep. you, of course. But but mm. start in the home because that's where God wants to move that's first. Right. And, you, you know, the, the saying goes, it's not necessarily what's taught, but what's caught. Yeah. And for us, I'm speaking, obviously, to predominantly Christian crowd. As families, we actually need to model the importance of putting the house of God as a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. And yes, I get serving the Lord isn't just on a Sunday. Um, it's throughout the week, but a lot of it does come from the Sunday. You know, the Bible says, um, do not forsake the gathering like some are in the habit of. I never want to raise our kids with the memories of, oh yeah, my parents were just, habitual church hoppers or habitual, I oh, will just chill out at home on a Sunday and, and not go to church today. Um, even though my parents divorced when I was about eight, dad took us to church every Sunday. And even though I wasn't you know born again at that point, I appreciated the Sunday lessons in mm. kids' church. And I actually grew up with morals. Um, even though I was in spirit field, but 
I, I knew the difference between good and bad, doing the right thing from the wrong thing. So, um, you know, my, my thing is as a family raising children in the Lord, you're, you're, you're really um, not doing the full justice unless they're being raised up in the house of God. So I thank God we've got children that love Him and love His house. And now their, their faith is stirred. And so, what you know, the funny thing we're seeing our kids play is they'll, they'll play with the Beyblades, they'll play with, um, you know, the Barbies, yeah. their costumes, but they also play churches. <laughs> I've got a secret video. He, Declan hates when I record him secretly, but I've caught him What's with his teddy bears. Is, Dad, don't post this. Dad, don't post this. <laughs> he, he has his teddy bears in the mighty name of Jesus. Fire! <laughs> That's what after Tim Hall, after he saw Tim Hall yeah. minister. Yeah. And then he'll play, he'll, like just last um, week, he said to Alana, Alana, let's play churches. And he'll grab her and he goes, Fire! Holy Ghost. And she'll lay down on the floor. And what does he call the modesty blanket? He has a funny oh, name for it. Yeah, he does. He has a really funny um, name for it. Oh, he calls. Oh my gosh, he calls it a leprosy blanket. He calls it a leprosy blanket. <laughs> hey, wait there! I'm gonna get you we, a leprosy look, blanket. We're not getting everything. <laughs> this this might be encouragement for some. We're not getting everything right. We actually do need to correct our children quite often on some unusual ideas they leprosy have. Leprosy blanket is <laughs> awesome, and um, but they they just love it. They they yeah. they see that we enjoy what we do. We yeah. include them as a part of it. And uh, like for for me, I I, I I don't mind what they get into as long as it's from God. But for yeah. me, the dream is they actually will, will step into ministry when they're adults. Has to be a call of God. Mm. I, I do sense there's a call of God in that sense for them. Um, but for them to really enjoy it at this this early, like yeah. I didn't come to God until I was nineteen. Yeah, they're all loving God now. I was like, wow, imagine what they'll do in the future. Yeah, and and we're intentionally cultivating that by bringing them to the house yeah, of God. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, and we, we've, if there's one thing we've done right, we've invited them into the space of God is alive, yep. he is real, yep. and he, he is working now, and yep. we want you to see it. Yep. And so if it gets messy, if it's appropriate, mess for their eyes mm. we want them to see it we want them to see that god works in people's hearts and lives now it's not just a storybook mm. i'm not going to just tell you what the rules are of being a christian i want you to see that the experiential part of 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 god is omnipresent and, yep. and working and in yes taste and see like the goodness because those core memories and they can have core memories of like you know amazing holidays and and you know maybe acing an exam or something like that awesome but i i, I hope and pray that their core memories that that like put them on good stead um, to continue to follow the Lord are those those taste and see taste and see experiences that they've had for themselves that they know that they know that they know that God is real that Jesus is their savior mm. not just some person that mum and dad work for yeah. <laughs> you know um, not 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 this thing that we do this rhythm of oh our life we go to church on Sunday but God is real God is here God is for you um, and and. We, you can start that whether you're a pastor or not. In fact, it's going to be so much more valuable if if Christian families are doing that uh, despite what, you know, their, their pastors are doing. Like, it, like 
I would say revival is going to come from families yep. getting this, yes. from families getting that God wants to move in your home and we all get together in the church setting to celebrate what he's doing, pump each other up, get back out of the four walls. Yep. And so that, you know, that's our heart. We, we yep. Yes, our, our services and our, and our programs are important, absolutely. As Why would we do this if we don't think it's important? Mm. But it's not the be all and end all. And so I think our heart really in terms of two married people um, – two people parenting together, young children, um, is that cultivate that faith in the home um, and and see what God can do and, and, and be confident that you can be, you know, husbands, you can be a strong head of the house, not a boss, not a dictator, but a loving, you know, nurturing um, man of God that God's, you know, called you to be and is training you to be. And husband and wives together, you can lead your children to love the Lord and follow Him, despite the you know unusual culture that we're that yeah. we're you know is around us. You can do it. You need to stay close to Him, close to each other, and and be firm on the Word of God. Yep, I, I remember asking as well um, someone who's very um, senior in our movement. Your kids are in ministry now. Um, what's your best advice? And, you know, this is Daniel Bates um, as a son. And I asked Pastor Mark Bates, what did you do to cultivate this? And he said um, in the 90s, he heard a lot of pastors say, let's just, you never tell your kids about the issues in church. Mm. You sweep it under the carpet. Mm. But he said, just tell them the good stuff. (laughs) Tell them the good stuff. But he said, he noticed a lot of those kids grew up to actually um, not walk with the Lord anymore, Mm. hate church life ministry. Because a lot of things, when they're in the dark, it, it just leaves room for assumptions and worst-case scenarios. So what him and his wife decide to do, Karen, is just to tell their children up front, hey, um, this person has left because there's a misunderstanding or because of this issue. Where it's appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can tell them. And so they just they know the full picture. And they just get, actually, yeah, all right. Hurt and disappointment is sometimes part of church life. It's not mm-hmm. always. It's mm-hmm. just... Sometimes, but for the most part, it's actually pretty sweet to be in the house of the Lord. Like yeah. it, it's not a waste for us to be here. Yeah. They they love it, and I, I thank God that our, our children really love Him and, and love the house. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Ah, uh, is there anything else I want to say? No, I'm good. <laughs> well, thank you all for watching, um, for investing your time uh, with this podcast. We pray. We trust that it has blessed you and it's going to enrich your family and your children. We, we pray right now. Let's just pray. Just finish to pray. Mm. Father, we just lift up every family um, members watching right now. And for those who are with you, we thank you, Lord. And for those who aren't walking with you anymore or not yet, Father, we just lift them up. We pray, God, that you just, um, just in- encounter them with your love, with your mercy, with your grace. We plead the blood of Jesus over them that they would... Uh, come home to you or return home to you, Father God, that they've tasted the world and it's left them empty. But they've tasted you, God. Let them taste you once again to see that you are good. And Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you're restoring families that are broken, restoring families that are separate right now in Jesus' name. God, we pray for a passion for your house. Like Jesus said, zeal, for your house consumes me. Let every family watching right now have that zeal for your house. Let them uh, just raise up their children, their families 
in your house, Father God, that they may learn your ways and learn what it is to be sharpened by others, to grow and to be stretched by others, to step into their own calling that you have them for. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.